0: bbc good food show winter it has been an incredibly busy couple of days so far Um, now if you ask any good chef what they would give somebody as a present and what every good chef and cook should have they will say a good knife laurie simpson um knives uh, a
1: lovely display here tell me what makes a good knife for a chef Uh, i think for all good knives. There's one thing which you must start with, and that's your steel. It's your main ingredient, and if it's if it's not good steel, you're never going to make a good knife. And steel is uh, perfectly analogous to uh, cooking something um, as a recipe. So if you're you're cooking, you know, béarnaise sauce, if you haven't got a good oven or you haven't got a good stove top, you can't get the temperature right. That's not going to work for you. If you haven't got a nice uh, pan to make it in, that's not going to work for you. If you're butter's old and manky or trying to use margarine that's been no good your red onions are done and your tarragon's dry and then you haven't got a good recipe your ingredients are all off and you yourself are not a very good cook and you don't stir it or you over stir it and you end up with sort of scrambled eggs with a bit of so it's making steel is exactly the same you want it to be made in small batches by people who really know what they're doing with very good equipment high rejection rate very well mixed ingredients and then that's then your raw steel and that's the first half of it the second half of it is then how it's treated after that so if you go to a very, very large mass manufacturer somewhere abroad, they'll be hardening you know, 10 20,000 blades at a go and they're dealing with averages and they're not really being very precise. Um, whereas we do it in small batches of, you know, for our custom knives, eight knives at a time. For our more rain run knives, we might do 100 at a time. Uh, and we're, we're very precise about the temperatures we get to and our cryogenic freezing afterwards. And then when we work the knives, the key thing is we never exceed a certain temperature. And we get it so that, that the end result is a, a perfectly hardened piece of steel. And there is a, a, a scale called the Rockwell scale, and it's a number. That starts for our purposes at around 52 which is, which is relatively speaking for a bit of steel soft and 62 63 which is relatively speaking for a bit of steel very very hard and a lot of um, Japanese knives are made with a with a hard brittle steel which doesn't really suit our way of cooking and, and is as brittle and will chip and it's very difficult to get an edge on it and most man- manufactured knives are, are much too soft and so we would suggest because when we sat down to say how we're going to make our knives seven or eight years ago let's go for the optimal hardness and we went for 60 because that is recognized to be the optimal hardness so that i would say the one thing i could suggest to anybody when you're buying a knife try and get as close to 60 rockwell as you possibly can
0: First good tip, nice now I very proudly say British steel on here. How important was it to you to use British steel when you, you set up making your knives?
1: So when we actually when we start our custom knives, um, our most important thing is which is, is the best steel. and there are uh, two conventional ways of making steel. broadly speaking, there's always an exception. but you have powder metallurgical steel which is made when you inject all the ingredients under incredible pressure. and it's uh, makes for amazingly uniform homogeneous steel, very expensive. So, the next down from that is conventionally made steel, which is rolled and pressed and in a coil. There are five sort of main steel manufacturers around the world. That each of them have a premium knife steel. And apart from the men on the internet who like arguing about such things, each one of those really is realistically as good as each other. And we went for the Swedish one, because why not? So our custom knives are made from that. For this new range of knives, our DNA range, we wanted to try and make knives which don't take four to six weeks to make, don't start at £300 and up. Uh, and are made entirely from British materials. so this range yes we have English steel which interestingly enough and possibly ironically is actually mostly exported to Sweden so there's a sort of pleasing <laughs> circularity about it and then yeah so we do that and that is the steel sorted and the next bit then I suppose is the geometry the thinness behind the edge mm. trying to cut into a carrot with an inverted pyramid you're just splitting it apart so you want to have really nicely hardened steel with a nice geometry and that's the blade and it'll cut and you that's pretty easy to do and then the handle needs to be comfortable and it needs to be durable and that's it and thereafter we're in aesthetics Right. and how do we do people sort of gauge the
0: balance of a knife we've all got different sized hands there's different sized knives a chef's knife there's a pairing knife whatever it might be I've often heard um, in some of the other manufacturers talk about a balance where you can put your finger on on the you know, like a seesaw and the handle balances with the length of
1: the, the knife how, how does that work I think it's that's, that's broadly true um, and most, all of our chefs' knives, we try and get it so that if you if you leave you hold it normally, you remove all your fingers apart from your forefinger. It balances more or less around that spot. To what extent that is actually important, rather than sort of um, being a, a byproduct of that's the knife design. And, and I, I, I design all our knives, and I have a um, on a, on a CAD CAM program, and that allows me to see where the centre of gravity is. <laughs> And with the exception of things like little tiny paring knives and big cleavers, the centre of gravity generally ends up in the same spot because the handle's got a... Yeah. so I think it's more of a byproduct. Uh, you want it roughly around there, I, I don't honestly think it makes a huge difference if it's slightly forward or slightly back, and then for some knives, like a big butcher's steak knife or a cleaver or a paring knife you're never going to get the balance on that point because the heavy, handle will be heavier or the blade will be heavier so I think if it's, if it's way off for a chef's knife, then yes I would avoid it but as long as it's roughly around where the where the handle front of the handle ends and the heel of the blade begins in that neck of the woods, you'll be all right. You've got some amazing designs
0: on the handles of the uh, the knives that you have uh, on display. Who's who's the designer of the the handles?
1: Um, unfortunately, that's me as well. Yeah, <laughs> I do that. Um, so we we, as I was saying, um, you know, we use British steel. We want to make um, entirely British material made knives uh, made in Britain. So we work in Wiltshire. So we have the whole made in Britain bit sorted out. We looked at tons and tons of different materials uh, for the handles and there is some amazing material created in this country but generally it's made at a sort of quite a large scale, industrial scale so we would have to buy 30 metres by a metre which is enough for lots of knives. So we had to give up and we actually make this material ourselves It's an epoxy uh, based polymer and we put in a filler for it, so marble flour or aluminium trihydrate and it's about 50-50 ratio and we created these patterns which you can see um, in March of this year but I didn't write down the temperature, the blend, the mix, or the technique, and I then spent another three months figuring out how to do it repeatedly. Uh, And that's where we are now, yeah. Um, A lot of people say buying
0: a good knife like these is an investment. It'll never let you down. And Does it make chefs better
1: chefs? Does it make cooks better cooks if you have a really good knife? I don't know if it makes chef a better chef, um, a cook a better cook, but I think that one of the things which we find very pleasing is that... there's, there's a, a certain type of customer and it, generally a lady who's been cooking for her, her, her family all her life and we just don't think anyone's she, marketing or making a knife for her and it's a, you know if you look around at the general marketing world of knives a lot of sort of samurai tradition and tattooed chefs and hot things and we try and make her just a really really nice knife and what we find is that a lot of these ladies are given one of our knives um, and it's, it's a game changer for them because they've never had a good one they've never had one which they think they want to have and they finally and it just changes everything Mm. so instead of being faced by piles of vegetables and it's going to be drudgery if you have a nice knife and you have a lovely chopping board and you've got you should feel like an artist at the chopping board, you should be really feeling as if you're doing something, so I don't think it It can make you better. But I think if you enjoy doing something and there's a fluidity to your cutting, then, yeah, you will cut better. What you then do with it afterwards is a totally different question.
0: (laughs) Um, Fantastic. Great ideas for Christmas gifts for anybody who is looking to give a very special bit of uh, kitchen kit to somebody they love this year. Um, Which begs the final question, Laurie. Um, Sharpening. Yes. Using a steel, I suspect, is the best way. Is there a particular technique to that, though? Because these are very nice bits of kit. They are going to need sharpening, keeping sharp at some point. What is
1: your top tip for sharpening? Um, Just worth clarifying the difference between sharpening and honing. So honing steel is is used to hone and condition the blade. When you're chopping, because you don't chop like a robot, and you don't chop into a beautifully neutral surface, the very, very tip of your blade, the last tenth of a millimetre, is being pushed out of alignment very slightly because it's very thin. (coughs) and that is why when you go to something like a green pepper or tomato it squeezes rather than cuts it's not because it's come blunt it's because the very tip has just rolled over slightly and you're trying to cut with that slightly rounded bit so very light and frequent use of a honing steel gently four or five times a side will get your edge back into alignment which makes it last for longer and obviously chops better so that's honing um Yes, and you want to hone your your, your your knives every time you cook, before or after or during. You're sitting there thinking which order you're going to chop things up in. While you're doing that, gently run your knife down your hilly steel. And all that stuff you see on the telly of, of chefs going hammer and tong, it's done for production entertainment rather than efficacy. And then, yeah, once, depending on what your, you know, where your knife's from, but for our knives you probably need to sharpen them once or twice a year. There is some very good equipment out there. There's some snake oil salesmen sending you things which won't work. But you should really, for around 50 to 200 pounds, be able to find a bit of equipment that really works for you. Again, our customers, a shameless plug, have the luxury of sending their knives back to us as we offer a free resharpening service for them. And how, therefore, would people recognize a good honing steel? Um, I think it's got to look like the old ones in your head. It's got to have (laughs) slight ridges to it. You want it probably about 10 inches long. Uh, And it should be slightly magnetic, so that when you're honing, what has got slight ridges is putting little micro serrations in the edge of the blade, and you don't want those to come into the food. Uh, And the very last thing, really, is you should be looking for this Rockwell scale, this number again. And you want your honing steel to be a higher number than that of your blade. If a honing steel is being advertised and it doesn't say its hardness number, it's probably because it's rubbish. So find one which does tell you what the hardness is, and ideally you want 62, 64 plus. But again, coming back to the whole thing about the making of the steel and, the, and the, the person actually doing it being so important, it is important that you do it correctly. So at an angle of around 20 degrees and gently. Excellent advice. Um, Laurie, where can people find out more
0: information about Savanak knives? Well,
1: we're obviously at Stand A50 here. Uh, we are on the web at www.savanakknives.co.uk and we have an old sawmill down in Marlborough near Wiltshire and people are very welcome to come and see us.
0: Good to catch up with you. Enjoy the rest of Thank the show. Thank you very much.